salvation. Darkness reigns no more, for Jesus is greater. He is greater. Angels, let your song begin. Here comes heaven. All creation worship Hey, good morning to all of you who made it here on this 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everybody. I hope you had a great night last night, celebrating maybe today with fireworks, whenever you're going to do that. Um, just all of you who made it here, so glad that you're here. And I always want to take a second to recognize anybody who's watching online, all of you who are out there watching live. Thanks for joining us, and, and I just hope this brings some encouragement to you. And I'm reminded of, I just got reminded of, of just the reach that we have. It's kind of crazy. This past week, I got an email from somebody from Michigan uh, who just wanted to say thanks for encouraging them and their day and they're so thankful for this church and I thought that's crazy how a little church in, in Tays Valley has reached somebody uh, and I just thought that was really cool in Michigan so April thanks for doing that thanks for encouraging us hope you're watching right now uh, so cool that you're out there just neat uh, that we can I'm just glad we could reach uh, whoever this is reaching that God can encourage you and reach you wherever you are and grow you wherever you are well we are in the middle uh, of this series that, that we're calling Press Play. And what we're doing is we are looking over the summer at the songs we sing and we're looking at the reason why we sing them and some of the meaning behind the song, okay? And so, man, as I was, I, so I was planning this a while back and as I was playing this, I knew this was gonna hit on the 4th of July. And so I don't know what happened, but the things got a little out of control and I thought, man, 4th of July. And uh, I thought it was one of the best, greatest holidays that we have, like, you know, that we get to celebrate and do fireworks. And it just got me to thinking, about other holidays. It got me thinking about other holidays that we love. And so I just, for some reason, started thinking about Christmas. And when I was playing this, I'm like, why not, why not uh, do Christmas in July? Why not do that? Why not do Christmas in July? I thought it would be kind of fun, you know? Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Ah, lovely. Yeah. Burr. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know how this didn't get shut down, everybody. I have no idea. We have so many checks and balances in this church. I don't know how I got through all of this that we're still doing this right now. We had so many opportunities for people to go, no, that's not a good idea, Andy. And like, I went through every single one. I exhausted them all. And they're like, no, that's a great idea. And then there was one person left on this idea. He was my ringer. It was Benji, our worship director. And here's the thing, don't tell anybody. Benji, he doesn't like, he loves Jesus, but he don't like his, some Christmas. He doesn't like it. So I thought, okay, man, so Benji, and he was like, man, I think it's a great idea. So he didn't shut it down. And here's what I found out why he didn't care, because he is scheduled off today. So thanks a lot, Benji. That's why, because he knew he didn't have to sing 
any of these songs, but uh, you know what? I thought about this, and I think, man, this is gonna be cool. I thought, why not? Why not talk about Christmas? Why not do a Christmas worship day? Because here's the thing, I love Christmas. I don't know about you. I love talking about Christmas in July. Why not, man? And here's the thing, I was not always there. I, I wasn't always like a big fan of Christmas. Uh, God's used several things through the years to help me, and most, most of all, he's used my kids. My kids help me love Christmas time a lot more. And you know, I thought about what I love about Christmas. I love, anybody love gift giving? I love gift giving. I love doing that. And here's my thing. Like I love being the best gift giver. Like I pride myself in that. Uh, and I always want to make sure that Courtney does not one up me in that department. It's just one of those things that I always want to do. And then I always want to get the right thing, get the great surprise thing. And I don't ever want to be beat in that. Uh, but there was this one year where I had nothing. Anybody been there? You're like, I got nothing. I don't know what to do. I couldn't think of anything. I was on QVC, everybody. You know what I mean? I was just like, I don't know what to do. And so I thought, man, I'll just get a feel for her, uh, see where she's at with my gift. And so I kind of said, hey, you know, listen, man, we got this and that for the kids. We just, oh man, we put all this money. Maybe we could just take it easy on each other this year. And so she goes, yeah, that's not a bad idea. I don't really have much for you. And I'm like, okay, I'm in the clear this year. Christmas day gets there. We all get to the gifts. And I mean, I open up this gift. And it's got all this weird stuff in it and I'm opening it. So we come to, come to find out, she and my sister-in-law like were behind the scenes planning this huge thing for my brother-in-law. They got us bowl game tickets uh, for WVU down in Florida. They got everything figured out. They got schedules shifted and all these things worked out, hotel this and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, it was unbelievable what they did. And it was just like, I, and I was like, man, what? And I just couldn't believe it. And I was like, here's your Starbucks card. I, I didn't have any. Now, it wasn't the five, it was a 20, everybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you, but that just totally took me back. We had a deal, we had a deal. And she like went over on that deal. But man, I love Christmas, I do. I love Christmas, I love the tree. I love, I love the lights and I love all that stuff. But you know, that's not the reason why I love Christmas. That's not the reason why. The reason why is because I love what it represents. I love who it points to and what he brought to the world and what he brought to me. And, and I love, here's the thing, everybody. I love that this isn't just something we talk about in December. It's something we talk about every day because Christmas is hope fulfilled. Come on, it is hope fulfilled, man, that God in his mercy sent Jesus to us. And here's the thing, I have to thought about this. No matter, no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through, no matter if it's December, October, or July, that our promised Messiah is here. Heaven came down to earth. Jesus came to us. And when he came, everybody, listen to me. He brought everything that you'll ever need in this life. Amen, everybody. And so I just thought, man, why not talk about Christmas? And, and the song that we're using is a song, Here Comes Heaven. And here's the first line of the song just stuck out to me the most. It says, children weep no more. Hope is on the horizon. Weary world, behold your promised Messiah. I love these verses. Like, I love these verses in the song. Weep no more. Hope is on its way. Weary world, behold. Anyone a little weary in their life? Well, I got some great news for you. Jesus is here. Jesus came. And today I wanna talk about one thing. I wanna talk about, and I wanna hope this encourages your heart in July to talk about Jesus, the Savior being born. And I hope it inspires you and encourages you. Because here's what I wanna talk about today. One thing, I'm gonna talk about what hope really is. I'm gonna talk about hope because here's the thing. Hope is not a feeling. Hope isn't a feeling, did you know that? Hope is a word that we use a lot, but true hope has a name and it's Jesus. That's what hope really is. And I wanna look at what our hope really means. So if, if you wanna open them, we're gonna be in, in Isaiah chapter nine. Go ahead and open there if you want to, uh, get your Bibles out. We're gonna be there here in a minute because uh, what we're gonna find in Isaiah chapter nine is we're gonna find out what Jesus actually brought. There are four ways uh, that Jesus brings hope to you and hope to me. But first I wanna just take a minute before we get there and talk a little bit about hope. Hope's the word we use, right? 
Hope's a word that we know. We use it a lot. There's, there's a lot of ways that we use it. We hear it all the time. We say it all the time. Man, I, I hope that starts. I hope he stops. I hope she says yes. I hope he doesn't ask. Right, like we, we use it all the time. We use the word hope a lot. And, it, and, and if you look through like the history of mankind, I thought about this with the word hope. You know, mankind, like human, humankind has been through so much, right? We've been through all kinds of wars and, and just endured all kinds of stuff and we survived so many things. But the one thing that you can't survive is not having hope. Hope is something you have to have. And so we know this word uh, hope. Hope is a word we've done. Hope is a word we're doing. But uh, here's what I wanna talk about today. There are some issues uh, on how we know and use the word hope compared to what real hope, what true hope is. So let's talk about this for a second because uh, for some of you today, I think this may take off in your soul a little bit. Uh, and some of you who knew this need to be reminded. I think it's gonna encourage you a little bit today wherever you are uh, with the Lord. Here's, here's what I wanna talk about. What if, what if hope has a different meaning altogether than what you're used to or what you use it for? What if that's true? I want you to think about this for a second. I want you to think about this. Not just what you hope for, but what you put your hope in. What have you hoped for lately? What are some things you're like that you said the word hope with? Where do you place it? Because here's the thing, a lot of times uh, when we use the word hope naturally, when we use the hope, uh, it's actually based out, let's think about this, it's based out of uncertainty. When you use the word hope for the most part, you use things like, man, I hope they get to the beach safe. Or man, I really hope I get that job. Or hey, our only hope is if they fumble, you know? Football's coming back, everybody, come on. You know, it's like, I hope they fumble, right? And that's what we say. And we express hope in all those ways, but here's what's behind that hope every time, uncertainty. Because whether or not he gets that job, we don't know. He might get it, he might not. But, but here's what I wanna talk about today. See, real hope, hope as God defines it, is fundamentally different than how most of us use it. No, a biblical hope isn't a, a desire for good things to happen with uncertainty behind it. Here's what hope is. Hope is a confidence. Do you know that? Hope is actually a confidence. Christian hope is different because it's not that we just desire for a good thing, it's that we expect it. And not only do we expect it, that there is a certainty that something good is here and coming and will be done in the future. It's an amazing difference than how we use this word hope. Look at how the Bible describes hope to us. Here it says in Hebrews, it says, man, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. And here's the thing, we desire each one of you to show the same earth to have the full assurance of hope, that's a certainty that we have in this life. Here's another one in, in the book of Romans. Here's what it says in Romans five. It says, through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace which we stand and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. In Romans 15, here's what Paul says as well. He says something about God. He says, and God who of hope, may he fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit that you may abound abound in hope. That's a little different than how we usually use that word hope, right? I love that, may the God of hope, if you walk away with anything today, walk away with this, is that God is the founder of hope. Jesus is the fulfillment of that hope, everybody. That's the confidence that we have. And so here's what this tells us about real hope. If you want, write this down. This is the difference that we have in hope. See, hope is actually not uh, in, in what we, I think we got that, go, go to a couple slides here. Hope is actually not based, here, I'll, I'll get it to us. Hope is not based on what's probable, it's based on what's promised. 
It's not based on what is probable, it's based on what is promised. That we don't, here's the thing, we don't cross our fingers with the hope that we have. That's not what we do, but in us, uh, that unto us, uh, there is a certainty in our hope that we have that's different than the job coming through, the fumble happening, or the weather working out at the beach. Our hope has a name. Our hope has a name, and it's Jesus. And in Isaiah 9, uh, this prophet Isaiah was writing to the people. He was actually writing to them, and he was also writing what we call prophecy. So he was writing to us as well, and he was talking about someone coming. He was talking about a son who God was gonna give us. And in Isaiah's time when he wrote that, uh, the people of Israel, the people of God were going through some really bad times and then they were really going through it, man. There's a lot of dark stuff happening and they were in a bad place. Things were not great. And Isaiah was a prophet. And so prophets then were unique to other people. They heard differently and uniquely from God so that they could write uh, and talk to God's people. But here's the thing. Even the people knew what Isaiah was writing about. Like this was not unique to him. They were recognized man they needed help that this was not good they, things were spiraling down and, and they just longed for something better and so Isaiah kind of captures that for them and what he said here in verse 2 in Isaiah 9 here's what he said he said the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone so this is where they were this is where they were. They were, they were, in, they were walking in darkness. They, were, they couldn't see their way. They were in darkness. Some of them weren't in darkness, but it says they were in deep darkness. Maybe you know what that's about. Maybe when I say deep darkness, you know exactly how that feels. Hard to have hope there, isn't it? It's, it's one of those places where, I, and I've been there in my life, where it's just almost like one thing turns into a million things real quick and it just holds you down and, and, and it keeps you beat up. And, and then Isaiah, though, he gives them something. He says a light's coming and he gives them a promise from God. Drop down to verse six and here's what he says. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given and the government shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This is what a prophecy given. This was a hope for better things. And he said, I'm gonna give you the hope for better things that in our time of darkness, when hope shouldn't be anywhere close, that light is there, that hope is coming. And he says, unto us, unto you, unto me, unto them, a savior is coming. This is describing Jesus. This is who he's talking about, Jesus. And here's what I wanna talk about today. When Jesus came, when he came on this earth and while we celebrate Christmas, he came with some names, everybody. And they were powerful to know. These are names that can change you. They can change stuff. I'm telling you right now, they can change stuff in your life. And so I wanna look at how these four names of Jesus bring clarity to the hope that we have, the confidence that we have in Jesus. So we're just gonna look at these and break these down. The first name that we see our hope has is that hope has a name, Wonderful Counselor. Love that name, Wonderful Counselor. Uh, the, the translation is actually more accurate to say that he is, Jesus is a wonder of a counselor. You know, I think... Uh, as we walk through life and I've, I've experienced this a whole lot and I try to just hold myself away from it. But man, I think, I think when we grow up, I don't know why, we just lose wonder, don't we? We kind of lose wonder. I see it in my kids. I'm like, I don't have that wonder that they, that they have. And I don't think we even mean to do that. I think we easily lose a sense of wonder and we lose actually even the sense of like where we should put those wows and those woes. That's what I talked about in the first message of this series. And I don't think that we mean to do that. I just think as we progress through this life and we experience the things we experience, everybody, think about the things we've seen in our lifetime happening that were kind of wow things. Like think about it now. We don't really think about it. Like TV, special effects, and like FaceTiming on your phone. Like that's wild. Like, you know, just think about it. holograms. 
like holograms are a thing now. And I, you know, and I think as a result of that, I think we get kind of robbed uh, from the truly miraculous and, and our sense of wonder gets messed up a little bit. Because here's what I wanna tell you, just think about this. Everything that I just talked about right there can be humanly explained. Holograms and, and Zoom times and face and all that stuff, all of that can, it's just, it's, it, it is an, an experience that we have as a result of living in the year 2021, that those can all be explained, but the real wonder is something beyond human explanation. And Isaiah says, that's Jesus, that he is a wonder, that he is a wonder. And not only that, he's a wonder of a counselor. This answers the question, who can understand me and help me when I need it most? That's the confidence we have. Who can understand me and help me when I need it the most? He can answer the deepest needs of our life because uh, his first name is that he is a wonderful counselor. He counsels you. Let me ask you this. Where do you need some wisdom in your life right now? Is there anything you need wisdom for? You know, maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in uh, your career that's going, that you're going through. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's in parenting. Yes, Lord, amen. I, like, I need some help. Maybe, maybe it's just something uh, where, I don't know if you've ever gone through this, where it's like a clear yes at breakfast and then a no at lunch and at dinner time, you're like, oh, you ever go through something like that? I know I have. And it's something where you're like, I don't even know if somebody would understand what I'm going through. I, I don't even know how to bring this up to them. I, and, you know, I don't know. And, and I'm afraid to say and, and, and all those things. And, and, and if anyone has an answer, listen to me. Here's what I want to tell you. He knows what you're going through uh, and before anybody else knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows what's going on. He knows your need. And here's the thing. This is the thing about the wonderful counselor. Jesus is never confused with your issue. Never. Like there's never a time where you come to him and you say, here's what's going on. And he goes, ooh, what? that's a new one. Like that, Jesus never says that's a new one. Jesus goes, you, Jesus goes, I don't know, no, no, no. Let me get with a few people uh, and get back to you. How about tomorrow morning on your knees, right? Like he never does that. He always knows he's got your answer every time. The Bible says that in Jesus is hidden all the treasures of wisdom in the world. That's what Jesus has. And he, he's here to counsel you. And his counsel is wonderful, it's perfect, and it's available. Our hope has a name. Wonderful counselor. Isn't that a great name to be reminded of everybody? Here's a second thing that our hope is. Our hope is also mighty God. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power that he has. The Bible says in Jesus is the power of God, that we see the power of God in him, that in him all things hold together and all things were made through him. Uh, when he was on earth, he displayed his power. He showed what that power can do. There was one day where he just, this wild storm was going on and it stopped by him just saying, be quiet. He told a dead man to get up and he did. Like it was amazing what happened with, with what he did on this earth. He, he made demons tremble. He defeated death. Death didn't even have power over him. That, that's the kind of power that we're dealing with. And here's what I wanna tell you. I think we miss this. We miss this. That power is still in effect today, the same as it was then. You know why? Because we know. Here's what it says about Jesus. It says that he's the same yesterday and today and forever. That same power exists today as well. Maybe that's, you know, when you see Jesus, mighty God, that, that, you, that you see a power that you need in your life. That he, you realize he is in control of all things. If he could control the weather, if he could tell a dead man to get up, then maybe he's in control of all things. And he's the strength you need for anything you're going through. I wonder how many of you need some strength right now. Strength to get by. Strength to get through strength to endure, strength to hold on. Maybe that's you. And maybe, you know, what I love about these names is, I mean, there are seasons in my life where some names, I'm like, I need that name. Maybe you need to know the name Mighty God, that he has a power that's in you, that, that he can reveal some things in you, give you the strength to hold on. And in Jesus, you have a mighty God. There, there is something in you and it's a source of power that can strengthen you beyond your own abilities. And it is a strength that the Bible says has this power, love, self-control, endurance, patience, and joy. Anyone need a little more of that? Amen, right? Anybody need a little bit more of that? There's a power within us that can do that. And here's what you need to understand. It's something that does not come from you. 
but it's contained in the name of Jesus who is in you. Our hope has a name, mighty God. Here's the third thing that our hope is, that he is our everlasting father, our everlasting father. This answers the question of where do I belong? Where do I belong? I thought about this one a little bit this week. Um, we all, so we all have families, right? We all have earthly families. And man, if we're lucky, we get to say we had a great family. Like some of us can say that. Some of us are lucky to have families that we have, but some of us are not so lucky, right? Some of us got a bad deal. Some of us would, would note our family experience as maybe a little bit more uh, a feeling of abandonment or abuse or, or feeling forgotten or unimportant. And it leaves us asking the question as a result of that, like, where do I belong? Like, am I really loved? Am I, eh, does anybody really want me? And Jesus came to answer that for you. He came to answer that for all of us. Jesus' primary objective, don't miss this, was to rescue you and to show you the love of an everlasting father, to show you what love is and what love really does. His purpose was to show you that kind of love, to bring you into the family that lasts forever, that will never abandon you, that will never forsake you and will give you meaning and purpose. And he made no bones about it. He told us why he came. He told us in John 3, he said, listen, man, I wanna tell you that for God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only one and only son, that's me, that whoever believes in me is not gonna perish, but will have everlasting life. That's why I came. I didn't come to condemn the world. I came to save the world and show you what love is and show you what it does. And so with Jesus, you have an everlasting father. I love that name. It's an awesome name. I think about this word father. I thought I got a little confused on that because I'm like, well, wait a minute. Jesus is the son, so why do they call him everlasting father? I don't know if you ever read that and wonder, like, wait a minute, we have God the father and Jesus the son, but, but here's what this is actually getting to. This is what it got to me thinking. I think this word father actually points to how Jesus set us up as a church. I think that he set us up as a church and how he sets us up as a family and that he is the father of this church family. And here's what I wanna say, man. I love, I love that I have people in my life that are my family, not by blood, but by how Jesus set up the church for us to be a family. I've been reminded of that recently, just a couple weeks ago, I uh, got a call from one of my closest friends. I mean, closest friends. And he and his wife were just going through a dilemma. They, they called me, he's like, man, I just need to talk to you about this, here's what's going on. And uh, so they were offered this opportunity to, to go where they've always dreamed of going. Like this is something they thought about and prayed over and wanted to have in their life, weren't sure when it was gonna happen. And the opportunity came and we started talking about this. And I'm like, I don't, like, what, what's the dilemma, man? Like, I feel like you got your heads on right. You're thinking through this right. You're, it's what you've always wanted. You set yourself up to do this and, and you've been thinking through this right. And, and man, he says, this is the thing that hit me, man. He said that one of the things that was on their minds was, was my kids. And it just, it set me back. Cause I'm like, man, like, that, sh- that shouldn't be true because like, we're not even blood. But, but here's the thing, it's just right in that moment, it got me back to 11 years ago. And, and, and it, it got me back when he said, because it's awesome, because 11 years ago, we should never have met. We should never have gotten together. We, our paths should never have crossed until we started this home group in this little church called River Ridge. It was meeting in this elementary school. And we started this home group called Yanks, which means it meant young adults, no kids. Okay, that's where we were. And we were in this group and we've been, and here's the thing, everybody, we've been in a group together uh, nonstop for the last 11 years of our life. And I'm telling you, the bond that we had is it's more solid than blood. And it just got me thinking about that. And we've been together with them and, and we've been together for so many things. Courtney and I, we're not from here. And so, uh, you know, we just don't have anybody real close by. And here's, they literally became our brother and sister. And, and they are literally an aunt and uncle to my kids. And, and we've been through so much in life. They, they, listen, they were there for my kids being born. 
We were there for weekend trips all over the place. I was there when their dog died. They were there when my dog died. Uh, job, that sounds like a country song, everybody. You know what I mean? Like we were there for everything. But there's no reason why we should be connected like this. Except by how Jesus set us up. Our bond is stronger in a lot of ways than blood. And they're more valued to me according to gold. And here's my hope for you. I hope you find that. I hope you find that here. I hope you find that we're not just meant to be sitting in rows, everybody. We say this all the time, but it's because of what I have. It's the value that I have in these friendships that should never existed. But because we said, no, we're gonna get in with you. We're gonna get and join the family of the everlasting father and how he set it up to have and find deep-rooted, long-lasting, sustaining friendships in Christ. That's my prayer for all of you here who say, this is my church. He's our everlasting father. Here's, here's the last one, that he's our prince of peace. He's our prince of peace. I don't know how you would define peace, you know, or how you would generally see it, but um, in Hebrew, like, it's really clear on, on how Jesus is described as a prince of peace. It's translated from the words sar shalom. That's what prince uh, of peace is actually translated to. I wanna break that down really quick and just see what the scripture tells us uh, about the hope that we have with Jesus as our sar shalom. Sar, the word sar, uh, it actually means the chief or the general uh, or the one who is in charge. And, and so uh, it's really interesting with the word sar shalom. We've talked through this uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, in, in the, back in Rome, Roman times, uh, they actually used that word and they, they ended up getting to the word Caesar. That's how they ended up getting Caesar and then ultimately turned into the word czar. And so that means the head guy, right? That, that's what that means, the head guy. So looking at the Hebrew word for Jesus, he is uh, the czar of Shalom, the czar of Shalom. So what is Shalom? Well, Shalom means peace. That's what it means, it means peace. Uh, and actually in the biblical sense, here's what, here's what Shalom actually means. It means the way it's meant to be the way that it's meant to be. That's what peace is uh, defined in the biblical sense. It is a design that was put in front of us by God from the very beginning to be in this, listen to it, Ray, to be in a state of rest, tranquility, completeness, and wholeness. That's how God set us up to be. Here's how G Jesus put it in, in a way for us to understand what, what, what he is and who he is. He says this, he said, listen, peace, the state of rest, tranquility, Holiness completely is, I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. He said that hours before he went to the cross. That was right before he died. And I thought a lot about that. You know, he probably selected his words really carefully with these guys when he was talking to him. And, and that was one of the things that he said. And I think that he picked this to tell them about uh, peace because I think he knew the way that he was gonna give peace and how he distributed it is gonna be vastly different than how the world defined it and how they wanted to give it to you. That he said, no, I, I, it was, he was about to defeat, defeat sin and death and he wanted to tell the disciples, no, my peace is different. It's better, man. It's the way it's supposed to be and it's on my terms and the world is not gonna offer anything better than that. They're, it's gonna look like it, but it's not even gonna be close. It will be different to my peace. Do you have my peace or do you have something else? That's what he's asking. Jesus came to restore the peace between you and God. That's why he came. He came to restore the peace between you and God by dying on the cross to forgive you. And when he came back from the dead, he proved that he can make you eternally right, that, that, that he has eternity on his side, that he couldn't even be beat by death. And you can have peace in your past, present, and future as a result of that. Think about that. Think about that. Have you made peace with God? Have you really, really made peace with God? Maybe you're here and you haven't. You, you know you don't have that ultimate peace with God. You can have that right now. And here's the first step that you need to have. You need to have acknowledgement of your sin. You need to have acknowledgement that it gets in the way of God and seeing that without forgiveness from God that you are not okay, that you're not right with God and you're in trouble, that you're gonna be eternally separated from a holy God because of that in your life. And that's not, trust me, listen, that's not where you wanna be. 
But by believing in Jesus, you could be made right. It's a step of acknowledgement and it's a step of surrender. It's a decision to follow Jesus and it's a decision to make him Lord of your life and put him in the driver's seat of your life that you're saying, I'm no longer in control of my life. You're in control because of who you are and what you did. And, and I'm just gonna just take a second really quick. Maybe you need to do that right now. Like maybe you just need to do that right now. You're like, no, I, I've heard you talk about Jesus. I heard you talk about what he did. I've been kind of going through this religious thing, but I, that's not what I have is a relationship with him. And, and maybe you need that right now. You need to really come and surrender your life to Jesus Christ, the savior of your life, the savior of the world. And so you could do that right now. If you could do that, you could just, right now in your heart, right now in your heart, uh, you could just pray this prayer with me so you know that you have this eternity sealed, that you're made right with God through what he did for you. So you could just, you could just pray this prayer. You could pray, God, I'm a sinner I can't find peace with what I'm doing. I want your peace. I need your help. And I accept your gift of eternal life through Jesus dying for me. That my sin has a death sentence to it. He died my death and I accept that fully. I believe my sins are forgiven because of Jesus and Jesus alone. God make my peace complete. I wanna make you Lord of my life. Heal me, forgive me, make me new. You could just say amen to that. And if you prayed that prayer, man, like we wanna know, let us know. We got baptism coming up in a few weeks. Love to get that done with you as well. We can just get her done and, and get you baptized. And, and man, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited if you made that decision today. So, so that's what our hope is. That's what our hope, hope is a confidence and hope is a name. And man, he came with, us some, with some amazing names. I'm telling you those names can change your life. So what is hope? This is hope. Hope is based on what is promised. And when Jesus came down to us, for unto us, he gave himself and he gave us as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. And here's what that hope does, everybody. Here's what that hope does. It doesn't hang on with the fingers crossed. That's not the hope that we have. We don't hang on with white knuckles and hoping for the best. Hope encourages us when we need it the most and hope actually perseveres, it presses forward when things seem at its darkest because we have a confidence in the hope we have. I love, I love this psalm. It's, it's, one, of, it's on my, one of my note cards here. It says this, why are you cast down then, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil with me? Listen to this, hope in God for I shall again praise him, my salvation. I love that hope praises God. I love the reminder of that because here's the thing, everybody. The best thing I could ever do is hope in God. The best thing that you could ever say when things seem down is hope in God. The best thing that you could ever say when you let yourself down is hope in God. The best thing you could ever say when somebody else lets you down is hope in God. When you are set back, when you are put down, when you're on the brink, the best thing you could ever, ever say are in three words, hope in God. Somebody in here needs to remember, somebody in here needs to know that, that your hope, the hope that you have is bigger than any circumstance that you, that you hope comes through. It's better than any physical thing that you could think of. It's better than that job that you hope comes through. It's better than that relationship that you hope works out. It's better than, than that government or politics or, or anything or any wish that you could have. That hope is better than anything. Maybe some of you right now, you need hope. You need hope. You need to know this, God keeps his promises. He is not a liar and he made good on the promise he made. Hope is here and it's made known to us for unto us. 
Jesus is hope satisfied. He is the confident expectation for things that already happened, the things that can't happen now, things to come. Our hope has a name and it's the greatest name of all names. Jesus, who is our hope, he is the wonderful counselor. Come on, he is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. Anybody want to say,